I went to GD Ritzy's right before this, uh, which is a pretty good name for a restaurant. God damn, Ritzy's. God damn, Ritzy's. Done it and again. Got myself a uh, vanilla Diet Pepsi, and they always mm. want to argue with me. Like, you know, once you put the vanilla flavoring in, it's not Diet. Yeah, I know. Yeah, All right. If I was worried about my health, I wouldn't be eating at GD Ritzy's. Did you do a cheesy ketchup cocktail like Daddy taught you so long ago? <laughs> no, no cheesy. GD Ritzy's will sell you a little cup of cheese for you to dip your angel hair fries into. If you do it like that, you're a sucker and a punk, and I don't want to talk to you. Well, the trick is you go up to one of the ketchup fountains, and you splurge some of that into the cheese cup, and you mix it all up. What do you have? Hey, what are you eating there? A cheesy ketchup stew. <laughs> With fries. With Fry fries. spoons. I don't understand the name. I, it, it's a Ritzy? Like, like GD, he's Ritzy. Like yes. There are no top, there are no Ritz, top hats. But it's possessive. So there's a guy who's so GD Ritzy. It's GD Ritzy's. It's, a, it's in a hollowed-out Tiffany's. So, um, so, I mean, the Ritziness is there. It's, in, it's part of the atmosphere. And it's right across the street from the hospital mm-hmm. and next to the podiatrist. So. Which is good. There's a nice circular flow of, of traffic moving between those two buildings. There's actually a pretty bad problem. There's no traffic light there, so there's a pretty bad problem of people getting drilled. Yeah. on that stretch of street because they just see the Ritzies and they're like, oh, I got to get it. Got to get that cheesy ketchup. And now, but now they have to push past all the people who are smoking. It's a great site because the hospital is now a completely non-smoking campus. So outside the hospital, there's this row of people at all times with like IV bags and, in, mm-hmm. and wheelchairs. Two Tumored and puff, hoodlums puff, puff. just yeah. loitering. Loitering and smoking, loitering and smoking, back and forth. So you're saying it's not like people in like mink coats just sitting outside of GD's Red Seas. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, eating Fabergé eggs. Hunting the sick for sport. Justin McElroy and I know the best thing of the week. My name is Griffin McElroy and I know the best thing of the week. My name is Christopher Thomas Plant and I know the best thing of the week. My name is Ross Frost and I'm dead. dead. Why did you guys kill me? Isn't it obvious? Yeah, it's odd. There are many reasons, but no, Russ Frustick isn't here. Where is he? Somewhere. Comic-Con. Yeah, oh, oh, this week's New York Comic-Con. So, um... If you're in New York and you want to catch an airborne pathogen. Holy uh, God. I went to New York Comic Con last year just to, uh, just on my own, you know, just as a spectator. And, uh, oh, man, was it terrifying. What was so scary about it? Just the, it's was just, it? the, just the throng. Uh, I mean, I've been to every gaming convention and nothing no, prepared me for this. You ain't been well, to okay, no, every gaming convention in America. Okay. And nothing prepared me for this. Nothing. Yeah. It was like wall to wall, just full on throng of people. If you lost someone in there, it's like, well, I guess I'll never see them again. You just have to learn to move on with the pick up the piece of your life and move it's part on. Part of the con though, it's a hot swingers environment. You lose your you lose your your bow, and then you just you just uh-huh. swing on to the next one. And I say swing because you're dressed up like Spider Man. <laughs> Uh, this week on the Besties, which is a program where we talk about the latest and greatest in tech, sports, web design, mm-hmm. stair design, uh, building design, and all kinds of designs. Today we're going to talk about video game design and how to make them better if we were making them. <laughs> you go get a phone. You just want a phone to talk to your friends and family. You're not asking so much. Then you get these contracts. And you get ripped off because you got all this fine print little details and all of a sudden they're sucking money out of your pocket like some sort of digital leech. You know, the contract may sound good uh, up front, but there's always some sort of catch. You know who's not going to do that to you? Not going to pull that nonsense? Mint Mobile. They're wireless plans. There is no catch. $15 a month when you purchase a three-month plan. Mint Mobile's secret sauce is that they cut out the cost of retail stores and pass those savings directly on to you. You want to pay hundreds of dollars for, like literal hundreds of dollars for your wireless plan? Or do you want to have a nice, easy solution, save some, put the bucks back in your pocket, pay 15 bucks a month. Say bye to your overpriced wireless plans, jaw-dropping monthly bills. 
the unexpected overages sound familiar to get this new customer offer and get your new three-month unlimited wireless plan for just 15 bucks a month go to mintmobile.com slash besties that's mintmobile.com slash besties cut your wireless bill to 15 bucks a month at mintmobile.com slash besties additional taxes fees and restrictions apply see mint mobile for details I'll, can i start with a critique yeah, of my of my own thing uh, yeah. in terms of how to design a game better than how it was made uh my thing this week uh is oh wait i can't actually do that because my thing is the ios uh app adapt adapt app Appaptation of adaptation of the board game Pandemic by Z-Man Games, and the reason I can't critique it is because it is flawless. Wow, big huh. words, Griffin. Tell us about Pandemic for folks that aren't down with the clown. Pandemic is, I would say, a fairly popular uh, strategy board game. It is a cooperative board game, um, which I, I don't know. I feel like there was a pretty big push for those over the past few years. People realized that. The, the economics of competitive board games involving two and a half hours of you and three other people playing only for three people to be really bummed out and one person to feel kind of guilty they won didn't really make sense. It is a cooperative board game where you play as different, uh, different sort of classes of scientists for the CDC, the Centers for Disease Control. Now, does the, does the app realistically shut down now that the government is shut down? You can't play it? Yeah, I haven't been able to play it uh, in like six days. Um, so, you, so you play these different classes, and the basically the point of the game is you are looking at the world map, and uh, there are four diseases that you and your team have to cure before those diseases take over the world. Um, so the way you win the game is by is by finding the cures for these four diseases, which you do by drawing cards every turn. You have to find cards uh, that match uh, the the same color. Once you get enough of those cards, you can use them to get a cure. Uh, between every single turn, though, uh, after you draw those cards that you need to find the cures, you also have to draw cards that place diseases in cities around the world, and uh, those are represented by little cubes. And once a city has more than three cubes in it, there is an outbreak uh, in which they send diseases to every city surrounding it. So you can imagine how quickly shit can go right off the rails, where if you have two cities with three cubes right next to each other and one has an outbreak, then they just basically cover the entire continent in filth. Uh, And there are things you do every turn you can move. There are different ways you can sort of fly from city to city or just move around from city to city. You can treat diseases, basically removing those cubes from the board to try and manage things. The whole time you have to sort of stick around one another so you can pass cards back and forth and eventually try and find cures to these diseases. It is super, super, super fun, super hectic. It's one of those games that is weighted against the player. You will lose it more times than you will win it. Um, but it feels so like satisfying to to win the game and to to work together with people. The app aptation is is seriously amazing. Like the presentation of it is perfect. It is uh, to to just pass and play it. It it works really really well. It sort of internalizes all of the more complex rules of pandemic. And presents them in a very user-friendly, really beginner-friendly way. Um, not only that, because it's cooperative, you can just as easily play it with four people as you can play it by yourself with a four-person, you know, team. So you you control all four players since you know it's basically like you're 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 moving pawns around the board. It's like a board game you can play by yourself on the lonely times. There's so many lonely times. <laughs> kind of bummed me out a little bit yeah like how, how bad are the diseases are we talking like love sickness like broken funny bones like that sort um, of thing i think they have proper names whenever we play the board game we would always make up our own names for the diseases like butt worms mm-hmm. um uh, uh butt butt cold yeah <laughs> sort of just just variations on a theme there um but it, it's it's the board game is like really intense 
Um, because you can go the entire time with this amazing plan, have three cures found, just need that last card. And then all of a sudden, like you didn't pay close enough attention to South America. And then yeah. all of a sudden, a leaky butt. you get a case like wildfire. You get, you get a uh, butt fire that Ooh. just ravages the entire continent and you lose the game. Um, it, 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 it works really, really well. Uh, on a mobile platform there's nothing like uh i don't think there's asynchronous like online multiplayer but honestly like the turns are so short that i don't really think it would work like that um but it's uh, i think it's 5.99 or 6.99 and uh that is significantly significantly cheaper than than the board game and it's really really fun if you if you have a crew that or or you know a fam that you play, you know, Monopoly or Scrabble on your iPad on maybe Board Game Sunday. This is a, this is a good one to add to the rotation. It's it's really very tremendous. I saw you and my bride uh, playing it, and mm-hmm. it was interesting because she needed a refresher when she started, and then like mid game, you had to go get ready for our brother was getting married that day, so Griffin had to go get ready for the wedding. And he passed it off to his fiance Rachel, who Sydney taught to play like as they were playing. It, the The rules are not are not complicated, and you can no. really hop on. There's it's which is surprising because it actually works a little bit better than the board game in that regard because you have basically four actions you can do on your turn, and those actions are there's a lot, right? You can move from city to city, you can take a charter flight, a direct flight, you can cure diseases, you can build research stations like there's a lot of shit you can do and also every class has unique powers like the the nurse can remove all of the diseases off a city in one go there's like all kinds of different things you can do and it's kind of hard to keep track of in your brain meat um but the game does all of that for you and sort of presents it in a singular uh user interface it's it's really slick it's really 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 well done um i'm happy to hear it's good because I, I was really jazzed about the idea of board games on iPad, you know, basically once it came out. That seemed like kind of the, the thing to do. And then Reiner Knizia, I'm sorry if I butchered his name, uh, but one of the great, you know, German board game makers, made his stuff available to, I, I'm guessing, not very good companies or just companies that wanted to, you know, churn it out. And all these great games were appearing on the App Store, but they were, like, almost unplayable. Uh, you know, they, they didn't really explain the rules. They didn't make it easy if you didn't know the rules. Yeah. Uh, and it seems like we're just getting back to a point where people are like, oh, yeah, th- this works. You just have to do it well. Yeah, uh, there's, been a, there's been a glut, I feel like, of, of board games released recently that do a really good job of being accessible and not just trying to... You can't just recreate the board game digitally. You can't just do, like, a one-to-one, like here is a picture of the piece that you are supposed to be using, right? You have to make it a video game. It's a video game. It's a different beast. Um, And if you try to just port it straight over with visual digital representations of the physical pieces, like it's just not going to, it's just not going to be that great. Um, I'm actually doing a a piece on this. Now I'm talking to Days of Wonder who did uh, Ticket to Ride, which is is really good on iPad. They also just released Small World Two on iPad. Like there are a lot of companies that are getting it super right, and it's it's heartening to see. Still waiting on uh, Flying Frog to get on board, get a uh, Last Night on Earth and some of those jams on there. But hopefully, I got my fingers crossed. Um, I I am excited to give it a shot um, because I I'm, I'm a big fan. I like the only thing I miss, and this is all these board games. I miss the sort of the tactile sense of moving cubes around and sure but it, the the price you pay for that i mean one of those fucking flying frog games is like 60 bucks i think pandemic is like 35 40 bucks maybe at retail it's nice to have like these these totems um but yeah. a, a lot of people aren't gonna want to aren't gonna want to shell out for that you guys know what i got in the mail oh this person's whoever this pr person is, is gonna be so excited that i mentioned this thing that i thought i would never mention i got uh Dice? I don't even know what they're called. But they're dice, and they connect to your iPad via Bluetooth. Oh, yeah, they're those smart dice things. Yeah, that, and yeah. then you, you roll them, uh, and I, I have not found use for them at all. That's The dice is not the part that I care about uh, in the equation. Like, I, I want the, like, if I'm playing Hero Quest, I want the heroes. Oh, God. that's When is that going to come to iPad? Now. It needs to come out now. 
there are a few games actually that I've tried to recreate it. Create it. There's a there's a game called Dark Quest that literally like I'm pretty sure they lifted some of the art um, behind that game, but it's like a single player version of Hero Quest. Um, that's kind of a, a, a big angle I want to pursue, and it's something I've been curious about a while. And I've talked about it on the show I think like a dozen times. Just why the fuck? Yeah. D and D. We're gonna quit. We're gonna make our own D and D. Yeah. They tried, right? Like they made that. Them. They I played a goddamn demo on the surface of a uh, fourth edition. It just it's nothing so never happens. I know, I know. Anyway, you're not asking for the world here. I'm not. Well, I'm. I'm asking for a lot. I think. Who wants to go next? Uh, I will go next. I've been talking. I've been playing this game. Uh, stop me if you've heard this one. It's called Beyond Two Souls. I read it. It sucks. I wouldn't say it sucks. I just read a lot of really nasty reviews about it. So I I did not enjoy, um, and I think this is putting it kindly, I did not enjoy uh, Heavy Rain. If you are a Heavy Rain defender, I don't really get you. I am. Okay, but it's a bad, you know, it's bad. Other than a bad game. That, yeah, I guess if you don't like experimental, groundbreaking storytelling techniques. Okay. Um, oh, and well, Jugs. Well, you, one would hope, though, that when the story, when the ground is broken, the story that emerges from it will not look like a uh, 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 mutilated fetus, which is what oh, wow. Heavy Rain is. Uh, its story is terrible, and the dialogue's all really bad, like it was yeah. written by... But did, you, did you have to get so... I know, right? Morbid? And it's a little morbid. Uh, but Heavy Rain was a bad game, so I went into Beyond with some trepidation. Uh, my award is best... Uh, best Willem Dafoe in a game uh, because man, Willem Dafoe is so in this game. Now hold on, did you did you weigh it against Spider Man Two or Spider Man uh, One? That's not released from this year, so it's not in competition. It's a yearly award. Okay, um, so who the, took it? Who took it last year? Uh, <laughs> last year, um, you know, last year it went to the trailer for the Boondock Saints that they showed off at South by Southwest. Can't well, wait that, for that one. Oh, can't wait for that bad boy to drop. Uh, is that game? Is that game really pins? Happening? Pins and needles. So Beyond has a lot of that mocap stuff that uh, that people seem to enjoy so much. Um, it's got real actors in it. Ellen Page is in it. She plays the lead, Jody, who is uh, did is you a mean gifted young lady? Did you mean Ellen Page? The French Alan. actress who is attempting to be from Philadelphia for some reason. No, no, they have real Americans to play their Americans this time around. So that is a huge, Willem, huge plus. Willem Lefeux. I think Willem Defoe sounds as much like a French ass name as you're going to come by. <laughs> uh, Willem Defoe is a researcher that takes her in, and Jody is this uh, uh, gifted young woman who is tied inexplicably to a spirit named Aiden who you can switch to almost at will, not always, but most of the time. You can switch to Aiden with a with a button press, and Aiden can float around and possess people and uh, choke them and listen to conversations and sometimes interact with objects in the environment, which is all very, very neat. Um, the problem with that is that it's very regimented as to who you can interact with um, and, and what objects you can interact with. You always, almost always need them to progress in the story so that is uh that kind of is frustrating because there's not a lot of experimentation um i think the story is better than heavy rain obviously the performance is much better um it's weird to me that like they just aren't good at writing dialogue and they're not good at character development and well, I I feel like they've come as far as they can. Well, like, I mean, you say the story's good. Literally, what else is there? Well, the story is the storytelling is better. The presentation is better. The performances are better. The narrative is better. But like the dialogue and character development, and the the other part is plotting, which the plotting is better. It makes more sense. It doesn't have as many giant plot holes as Heavy Rain did. Um, but. Uh, the controls are actually sort of an evolved version of Heavy Rain. These are very much like in the same vein, right? Like if you didn't like one because of how little control you had, you're not going to like Beyond More. But they do do some <laughs> in <inter> <laughs> nice, uh, like in a in an action sequence. Of course, sometimes there's the button presses, but they also have this like sort of uh, like 
for lack of a better term, Dragon's Lair style system where <laughs> you push the right stick in order of in the in the direction of Jody's body movement. So if you see her punching to the left, time will slow way down and you push the right stick to the left and you will continue the punch. Um so uh, you know, if you if you believe in this sort of game, like if you believe in this method of telling stories, like I I think that it's uh, a little backwards because I I think that you know, top loading game stories with uh, a lot of dialogue and exposition in that fashion is is maybe a little backwards, but I think that it's much more refined than than Heavy Rain was. Uh, but it's still like I I uh, I'm going to play Beyond um, because I did like Heavy Rain. I loved Fahrenheit despite its its copious copious amounts of flaws. <laughs> um, I'm, I'm going to play it because I I. I like what Quantic is doing. I just feel like David Cage's argument that like, hey, don't put a label on how narrative can be developed in games. Like that shit held up when Fahrenheit came out because that was really the the first 10 minutes of Fahrenheit I will never forget because it was like the first time I had played a game like that, that developed narrative in that way. But guess what? Like there are games telling way, way, way better stories in maybe in ways that that Quantic Dreams helped like forge, but no longer they have been so completely surpassed by Telltale and by fucking Gone Home, like which doesn't even have much dialogue. Like there are better stories being told in better ways. It seems like I I I don't really think that this is as pioneering as it once was. No, absolutely not. I I just feel like we're at a a kind of a a split point where two different sides are both unwilling to do the heavy lifting of finding good ways to tell story in games. And one side is this David Cage style of, you know, we're just going to make a movie and we'll add some playable stuff in there and, you know, hopefully that's entertaining for you. And then... The other side is the Naughty Dog side, which is we're still going to make a game where you shoot people, uh, but we're going to find a story in which it makes sense for you to do that. And I think that's why the best storytelling in games have been associated with zombie games right now, right? Because the the story actually meshes with the action. And, and the tough part is finding uh, an activity that isn't just shooting people that can be at the center of a story-driven video game. I want there to be, I want them to make a sequel to Fahrenheit. Only I just want it to be the first ten minutes of Fahrenheit where you discover that you've murdered somebody and you have to hide the body while the cops are coming in. The best, it's like the best moment in that game and in mo- better than most games. I want that until like it turned out to be like a cyber Wiccan cult that was controlling you <laughs> from the future. I don't want that part. I want the first part where it's not about killing people. You already did the killing, and you're just trying to deal with it, internalize it, come to terms with the guilt of it. Maybe that's a little too mature. Maybe that's a little too adult. Maybe we're not ready for that. But that's the bold vision that I want to create. Also, my name is David Cage Jr. <laughs> I'm David Cage's son, and I'm taking up my daddy's torch. <laughs> I, I doubt he'll want to relinquish it, but I'm sure he appreciates you pitching in. And don't call it Indigo Prophecy. That is my number one pet peeve. It's Fahrenheit, like our French god intended. Um, I, I, I don't know. Beyond is better. I, I, it's a refinement of Heavy Rain, but I don't see how much further they can push this sort of game until they find people who really know how to write well. Because they they don't and there's uh, again even though they have Americans playing the roles there are these weird oversights like for instance um, at one point uh, Jody needs to escape on a motorcycle and she sees a motorcycle uh, across some fire and she it says Sacre bleu Sacre bleu mon dieu uh, no she says um, if only I could get to that motorbike that's exactly what I need and it's like. No one in America has ever said mo- that right there was history making when I just said that out loud because no one has ever said that. And that just says to me, like, they didn't even have anyone from America, like, look at the script and say, like, yeah, well, American people sometimes might say that. It's just this really, there's a lot of the that, that kind of thing that says to me that these guys are keeping a very 
um, like very controlled approach to their storytelling and not really bringing in outsiders. And, and I think they need to do that in order to evolve there. You and I should offer our services to localize the next Quantic Dream game, which will basically involve just like rubbing a thick layer of American butter sauce all over it. Just deep frying it, basically. We need basically. Deep, we just want to deep fry your game. I don't think it's asking so much. Just deep fry it. Just deep More fry it. Twerking. Uh, twerking. Where's the where's the fifteen minute long QTE twerking scene? Uh, quick tw- it's a quick twerking event. This episode of the Best Leads is sponsored by Aura Frames. All right, so you know there are a number of people in your life that are not necessarily the most technologically savvy. I'm sure immediately names jump to your mind. Those are the sorts of people that you would say, oh, maybe they would want a digital picture room in their house, but they wouldn't necessarily be able to like set it up and get it working and add new pictures and stuff like that. That is where Aura Frames comes in. It's a digital picture frame that allows you to basically upload any photos that you have directly to the frame. You don't need them to do any work. In fact, you could even set it all up before they even open the box. You have the account set up. You just have to connect it to their Wi-Fi. And once that's done, everything happens over the internet. So you can add new photos, you can do whatever you want, and it all works completely smoothly. I set it up for my grandmother, who's 95 years old. I set it up for my mom, who's 70 years old. And they both love their Aura frames and they love seeing the pictures and new photos of the family all being added without them having to do anything. So I'd highly recommend it. I'm really, really happy with it. And right now, you can save on the perfect gift that keeps on giving by visiting AuraFrames.com. For a limited time, listeners can get $20 off their best-selling frame with code BESTIES. That's A-U-R-A frames.com, promo code BESTIES. Terms and conditions apply. Y'all, you already know how much I love our sponsor of the week, Rocket Money. They make it so easy to get your personal finances on track, especially stop worrying about all these subscriptions that you have that you don't necessarily need. Keep the ones you want, get rid of the rest. Here's how it works. Rocket Money is a personal finance app that finds and cancels your unwanted subscriptions, monitors your spending, and helps lower your bills. They'll even try to get you a refund for the last couple months of wasted money and negotiate to lower your bills for you by up to 20%. All you have to do is take a picture of your bill and Rocket Money takes care of the rest. That might sound too good to be true. I have tried it myself on multiple different monthly payments I have and it's worked, which is incredible and so much easier than getting on the phone with all these companies and trying to wrangle this yourself. Rocket Money has over 5 million users and has helped save its members an average of $720 a year with over $500 million in canceled subscriptions. So cancel your unwanted subscriptions by going to rocketmoney.com slash besties. That's rocketmoney.com slash besties rocketmoney.com slash besties anything been going on in your guys life uh i went to baltimore whoa in philadelphia oh i should tell you about philadelphia i stayed with our boss you know chris grant he's got a, got a pretty right. sweet loft he's got a pretty pretty sweet loft one problem mm. uh he has adopted like freak cats off of the street just like, well, there's there's a blind one, right? Oh no, there's one with like really bad diabetes. Yeah, they're all they're all freaks. And I not that I, are you saying that having diabetes makes someone a freak? Because I'm sure there are a lot of our listeners. Well, it there. makes like some cat a freak. What you do you know, mean? Like, I'm not like judging like people, but like cats, you're saying cat beatus is yeah, like cat beatus needs you, that just shows that you like you have a, an unwillingness to control what you eat. You have a you know a love for sweets that maybe you should learn to you know put in its place. You should be a grown-up cat, not a kitten. I think you're you're dropping some pretty gross misconceptions about the nature of Beatus. Anyway, here's the problem with the house. I'm like very allergic to these cats, and uh, they they waited till I, I went to sleep, and I was on the couch, uh, perfectly you know 
perfectly asleep minus the uh, L train, that the elevated train that goes through his backyard and wakes you up every 20 minutes. Uh, and one of the cats, it mounted itself on my face Perfect. by grabbing its claws into each side of the sofa that I was sleeping on. So I couldn't pull it off. And it just kind of like pushed its stomach into my mouth. So I just <laughs> was like just getting hair in all over my nose and my mouth. And then I tried to, to yank it off, which made it push harder. Like you're going, like I'm going to suffocate you with my tummy pillow. Uh, and then Handle finally this. I got it off. I like run to the bathroom. I'm like, washing my face and you know i'm already like can barely see yeah oh tears everywhere and then i go back to bed the cat's gone i'm like where's that cat like he's gonna come back he's sitting at the top of the stairwell staring at me and like scratching one of his claws along it like yeah. like stroking it yeah like a warning he's he put his he put his evil inside you yeah but my my question is like is it the cat or is it the owner who makes the cat the cat you know like is it maybe the plant who who doesn't enjoy kitty bellies no i'm allergic i love cats but i don't want to die right but i mean you know like you just you just drop some you just drop some heat bombs on our beatus listeners saying it's their own fault they can't control their their candy cravings no i'm saying that this is this is a chris plant problem i love it tom hanks has human beatus and like who who doesn't love the Hanks? I love know? Tom Hanks. There, it's out. It's out See, there. I'm tired of him getting a bum rap. <laughs> Everybody's always been dragging his name through the mud. <laughs> like, what an asshole Tom Hanks is. I'm like, hold up. Um, One second here. Did you, you didn't talk about Chris's Loft's best feature, which is the dog the size, the, the dog that is bigger than any piece of furniture in the house. So I slept on his couch once, and I, I woke up, and Yuki was like, just, just sitting there, like face level. As soon as I woke up, like, what's up? On the size, on the size of an armoire. How's that treat you? Did you like that? Oh, yeah, I mean, I love dogs. You can like, pet it. That. You can. You, Chris Grant, who is, uh, I think, seven and a half feet tall, can pet that dog standing up. Yeah. Well, like, if you think about it, like Grant is like Paul Bunyan, and then the dog is like his Babe the Blue Ox. Mm-hmm. Like that makes sense. It does make sense. How did you like Philadelphia, though? Pretty shitty, right? You know, it was it was better than I thought it would be, except for, like, the we went to a football game, right? Philly I'm gonna Eagles? Some, I'm going to use some swear words. Are you going to be ready to bleep these? Yeah. I'm ready. Okay. So we go to this football game. We don't bleep swear words anymore, but thanks for listening to the past 30 episodes. <laughs> uh, so we go to this football game, and this, like, 19-year-old is sitting in front of me, and he's, like, totally drunk. Uh, and I'm not wearing my Kansas City Chiefs paraphernalia. Was this, was this just, an NFL I'm, game? Was this the, the yeah, it, Eagles? It, uh, it was the Eagles versus the Kansas City Chiefs. My, okay. my team versus the Eagles. Uh, I'm just wearing a black shirt. I went neutral. I didn't want to get murdered, you know? Mm-hmm. I'm like, I'm cool like that. Uh, and then halfway through the game, this drunk 19-year-old who's been, like, screaming, he turns around and he's like, you're a Chiefs fan, aren't you? And I'm like, yeah, 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 I am. And he's like, oh, well, you're a fucking pussy. And what? Chiefs fans are, you know, C-words and other C-words. My, like, my, my, whoa, my, whoa. my. This 19-year-old is hustling me. Yeah. And so, so I grab So you beat him. the shit out of him. Yeah. No, I, what I do is I, I grab his right shoulder. And oh. I'm like, hey, hey, how long have you been an Eagles fan? And he's like, well, actually, that's funny. I was born in Rochester. And I was like, oh, yeah? I, you know, I live in New York. I don't know a lot of Eagles fans from Rochester. And he's like, well, I don't know. I just always like the Eagles. And I mean, I liked him before my dad did. And I was like, oh, you, how, did, how, did, how is that possible? And he's like, oh, well, I didn't meet my dad until much later in life. And I'm like, oh, yeah? And he's like, actually, he's right here. And then his dad was like, oh, hey. And he's like, yeah, this guy is a pussy, right? And his dad's like, no, man, he, like, he likes the Chiefs. They're doing, they're doing well. Respect that. And he's like, oh, yeah, well, if dad likes you, that's cool. <laughs> and I was like, whoa, this just got, this I, got weird. I can't believe i am sitting here in disbelief that you touched an aggressive stranger i wouldn't touch i wouldn't touch a non-aggressive stranger at a sports event you had one that was straight it was in he was in your grill it sounded like he and was. You still touched him well you know what that's what i think scary people need they need a little bit of love hmm. you know you know the other thing this guy did he saw tom our video guy uh this is before all of this he turns around to tom and he's like i know you and Tom's like, what? And he's like, yeah, I fucking know you. 
you were a waiter at Hard Rock tonight. You did great. And Tom's <laughs> like, no, I wasn't. And he's like, no, you were. Do you think this guy might be hosting some sort of punk style <laughs> program and he's just really bad at it? Like, like they come up with the most benign pranks they can think of. Hey, hey, you, you, you look like my waiter. Think about Punt. it. Chris Plant, what do you got? I got Grand Theft Auto Online. Not to be confused with Grand Theft Auto Five. It's a it's separate a same, game. It's, no, it's not. Except for it game. isn't a separate game. Except for it isn't, it isn't. I don't know. It changes like every week. It, 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 hit, it like this whole pitch of it being a separate game, like just stinks of them having these aspirations of it being like a, a microtransactional paradise, right? Like it seems like a, a thing that they can leverage. Lots and lots of money off of long after the wave of initial GTA Five purchases has died down, except that it takes place entirely inside GTA Five. Like it just doesn't. It's the same fucking game. It's set in the same fucking world and like has all the same game parts. Yeah, what's, that's what's true. the distinction? I think the distinction is it's of such a, a, a lower quality that you could, oh, you could you could reason that it wasn't made by some of the same people. It's. It's not very good. It, like, I haven't had much fun playing it. I've played it a bunch. You know, it, it's also just, like, the small stuff. Like, the UI. Like, things that, like, I associate with, you know, Rockstar doing well are just really hideous. I mean, like, really ugly and hard to use uh, and unreliable. It's just, it's not a comfortable experience the, in any the, way. The idea behind a lot of that stuff is good. It's the implementations that, that's that's horrible. Like, getting from one mission to the next and a playlist, because if you find people that you like playing with by some fucking miracle, uh, you can stay with them by, like, once a mission or a race or deathmatch or whatever ends, you there like, brings up the clunkiest, worst menu ever to decide what you guys are going to do next. And it takes, like like five uninterrupted minutes to get from one game type to the next like it's i don't know but should uh, why don't we talk more broad strokes because we just yeah i've never been i've never touched it so So, yeah the way it works is you uh you design a character can be male or female uh the way you do it is the worst way imaginable you choose your grandparents uh, who are represented by like (laughs) Five pixel by five pixel photographs. I did do this part. I did do the character creation, and Horrible. I could not believe. I thought it was a joke. Yeah, like so, the, the pictures are so tiny, and it jokes. doesn't like. The only way I could change my character's appearance was just by hitting randomize over and over again because I could not, for the life of me, like he just went from one monstrous golem to the next <laughs> with like actually not that much variation between them. Yeah, it's it's rough. And then you, you you do a race, which isn't fun. And then you get some cutscenes. And then uh, after that, a ton of uh, little black pop-up mi- windows appear that tell you how to play the game right away. Uh, and they just flash by, and you're like, what, what happened? And then somebody shoots you, and you die. And you're like, what? And then it's like, do you want to turn on passive mode? And you're like, yeah, yeah I do. I don't want to get shot by these people. So then they run you over. And then you're like, why? Why am I here? What what God put me on this hellhole? It's a good... Um, I mean, there are some elements that are great. Like, it's a great edgy game for, like, if you wanted to learn more slurs for the homosexual community. Sure. It's got yeah. that in spades. You pointed this out in a review update, and I don't know if it's especially fair to hold this against a game or not, but it really is the worst human beings I've ever played video games with in my life. Well, it, I, I think... I wouldn't have put it in the review if I didn't think the game encouraged awful behavior. And I think it does in, like, a lot of ways. Well, I mean, I, it also it offers a good behavior bonus. I mean, it specifically does the opposite, too. Uh, false. In that, here, here's why I, I think that's uh, baloney, is uh, it kept kicking me out of games. And, and then, then warn it you about it would your... tell me that yeah. I was being, you know, I was going to get punished. On the flip side, there is all these motivations to shoot people and to make them mad and steal their money. But two, uh, there's the the whole stealing mechanic of, you know, like uh, holding up a gas station. Mm-hmm. The way you make that process go faster is by screaming at these uh, gas station owners uh, into your mic, and it makes it go a little faster. These very racially I, I, and culturally diverse gas station owners. Sure. And the, the weird thing is everyone is uh, starts out uh, hearing each other. So you will enter a game, and you'll just hear people screaming 
the worst imaginable things. Like, uh, which, again... Over and over. Indicative, like, you don't have to. You can just go, ah, jelly beans, jelly beans, jelly beans, jelly beans, and you will still get the money fast. People do not elect to follow that option and instead go for the most accurate depiction of hate speech in a stick-up environment that one could possibly simulate. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's it's just, it's really rough. And, and there are, like, moments of uh, greatness, or but there at least are, the, what you there, can see could be great. They are emergent, and they are accidental. The core game shit of, like, the bounce of the game is non-fucking-existent. Case in point, the very, very, very worst thing about the about the online mode of the game is that there is still lock-on targeting, um, but not when you're in a car. So when you're in a car and you're going after somebody not in a car, that person is going to shoot you to death 100% of the time, guaranteed, no doubt about it. If you are in, like, a car chase, there are these missions where you... Uh, are on a team racing against another team to get this objective and take it back to your base. And it's the worst, it, it, they are the worst, least fun. Um, partially because if you lose, you don't get anything. You don't get experience, cash, or anything, which I thought pretty much every game had figured out at this point that you kick the losers at least a little bit so they don't feel like they just wasted 20 goddamn minutes. Um, but not only that, like all you have to do is get out of your car auto lock on to the drivers of the other cars and fucking mow them down when you're in the car you're just a moving helpless target you can shoot but like good luck lining up the pixel with the other pixel that makes the other people die when they can just auto lock onto you like it's it's fucked like it's, it's just I, I it incentivizes not being in a car um it's just yeah. super super it, it's, not fun it's well, a supremely rock star thing to do to say well, we've never made an online game, but I bet we can figure it out. You've done two, yeah. except they've done two. Which yeah. what? They did Grand Theft Auto Four online. Red Dead Redemption I, online was great. No, I mean at the scale that this that this is at. I'm gonna I, still say bullshit. I loved Red Dead Redemption's online, and I had way more fun with that. I I liked leveling up through that and unlocking new shit. Grand Theft Auto Online also penalizes you for everything. Like uh, you lose so much when you die. And it's so, so slow to earn it back. You have an ammo reserve that you have to spend a shit ton of money to refill, and also you use that ammo every time you do a mission or a deathmatch. So, like, doing a deathmatch is kind of a costly thing. Like, it doesn't make any fucking sense whatsoever. I think the problem is it it, it backpedals on all the great uh, ideas it had with GTA Five. What I liked about GTA Five is it felt like it was just rewarding fun like gta 4 did not you know it's like it took a lot to have fun and i had to spend money to have fun and i was Mm. like punished for having fun and gta 5 is not that at all there's all sorts of crazy things i can do and with minimal punishment and here it's just you're right like to to get anything that you want to do to get weapons you have to spend a lot of money to get a car you have to spend money and the car might be taken away or it might be destroyed so you have to get insurance like there are so many steps that are clearly there to either, I guess, stunt progression or, and here's the cynical view, to get you to spend money on, you know, in-game right. bucks. You either, because- you either do one thing or the other. You either have microtransactions in the game to really do what you said, which is for people who want to do this a little bit faster than go nuts, or you have, you know, you, or you make it easier to get through those things. When you have both, the uh, like, the easy conclusion to come to is, oh... You make it so easy to lose this shit, and you make it so hard to get new shit that you just want me to go ahead and and pony up for it, which brings me back to the point of this kind of just seems like the way they have pitched it and positioned it and released it kind of seems like a a second source of of constant income. Yeah. Which is just like, I don't know. It's not fun. I had my hopes were so, so high. And, like, I honestly, I've had fun maybe five minutes of the five hours yeah. that I've put into it so I, far. I, I think the the way the, uh, the, I don't know, in-app purchasing system or whatever you want to call it should have been was, okay, you can increase XP a lot easier, and that will unlock your ability to get some of these cool things. But once you have them, they're yours. Like, don't you don't have to worry about spending a lot of money on ammo or weapons or cars. If you've hit a certain level, you are just automatically cooler you know instead of this like weird dull sense of process where like do you want to spend that money on an apartment cool 
don't plan on using any cars or weapons for the next right. five it hours is, of grinding. It is 100% grind. It is 100% grind. I do <clears throat> the missions, and I wait in the fucking lobbies for eternity because you get so much more money when you play with more people than you would when you play by yourself or with one other person. Um, specifically so, I can raise the money. And, like, all my goal has been has been to raise money to a certain point so I can afford this one shitty apartment. Yeah. Like, it's... it that. That doesn't sound like a game at that point, dog. It sounds like fucking life. And I would have been so much happier if I, you know, hit level 20 and it's like, great, you hit level 20. Which of these four apartments do you want? You know, yeah. keep your money. Here's a reward. You've been, you did well, you know, like, but instead it's just, ugh. There's just so really, many design choices that make zero sense. I'm hoping a lot of that can be fixed if they just tweak how much money it takes to get shit. Don't make me pay fucking five thousand dollars to unlock a silencer for my pistol like or eleven thousand dollars for car insurance on a crappy car right like just just make that shit a little bit easier to get i don't know what to do with the auto aiming shit like because the other solution is turning it off and that won't be good at all well that's deathmatch (laughs) that's like ugh. no deathmatch you can still auto lock on really when i was doing it i my aim was nothing no, I, okay, I, I played a deathmatch game where I found a pretty long-range SMG, and I just, like, chilled on a roof and just, like, picked off fools just right. as soon as they hoped in my field of vision. Just pip, 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 pip. It's a pretty intense, pretty high-stakes, thrilling experience. <laughs> well, that's, but, that's but, that game. But, oh, if, if people are wondering what the best was, it's the best loading screen, because while reviewing it, I spent about three days looking at it. It's really bad. I mean, that's the other thing, right? We didn't even touch on the fact that it's unstable as fuck. People people did what I did, which is, like, grind for days, saving up money to afford, like, that high-rise apartment in the sky, and they fucking lost connectivity to the cloud servers or some shit and lost it all. Oh, yeah, the saving is... Oh, my gosh. Also, the, to save, you have to exit the game. Yeah, which, like, there, by the way, no I've never done... option. So I, you're basically gambling with your time the longer you decide to not exit your PlayStation. I've never done that, and you know why I've never done that plant? Because you've never made it that far? No, because they never fucking say, hey, make sure to do this thing before you... They did it. There's a warning message telling you to do it now that appears on every loading screen, which is great. You get, like, a little sliver of ineptitude every time you finish a mission. Like, by the way, we fucked up, and you could lose everything if you don't follow these steps. Like, just just make sure to save your game. Like, fucking... Zelda 2 told you to do that on the NES like you can't program that shit in ahead of time it's just this shit pisses me off so much because it's just hubris because you think oh we don't need to beta that shit you definitely 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 need to beta that shit you definitely need to beta that shit you got to please can it be I mean couldn't you make the argument that this is I mean Chris made the point in his review that just labeling it a beta like would that change anything for you if, if that's what they called it no, no, because uh, th- th- stick with me here. This is like ultimate, um, ultimate privilege. But like, I'm imagining there are a ton of people that bought GTA Five that that sale was pushed along by the fact that they were like, by the way, it's going to have this dope GTA Online that comes along with it. Check it out. You got to purchase it. Like, so it coming out not only on the same day as the game coming out and sucking, but like two fucking weeks after the game came out. Like no, I th- they need you gotta do that shit ahead of time before people pay for it. It's not just like a freebie little bonus. Like that's kind of a shitty way to think about it. I would have almost preferred they waited much longer than two weeks. Like give it two. Mo- I mean, I, I know they're trying to increase retention of the disc, so that would have kind of defeated the purpose there. Uh, but but it's it's counterintuitive, right? Because I I've had such negative fun with it that I'm probably not gonna play it again at least until they get their fucking act together boom yeah and the the, truth hurts the big bummer is i don't want to play gta 5 now either because if i'm going to be in that world i want to be basically grinding and earning stuff like that that's the real bummer is i i probably would have kept playing gta 5 just for kicks but -hmm. now when i'm in that world i'm like i should if i'm gonna be here i should be like increasing my stats and that's it's a this, horrible way of thinking about it's, any game. It's this bizarre psychology of, I was so looking forward to GTA Online because I, I think I talked about this on the show. Like, I found that the three-character progression is so disjointed and fucked up. Like, don't make me manage, manage three different bank accounts and three different, like, 
sets of properties and three different equipment sets and three different clothing options and like don't make me do that just let me have the one that would be so much better and then they're like by the way you can do that in gta online i was like oh sweet i'm gonna level up that guy i'm gonna get so many bucks i'm gonna buy so much sweet shit and then like oh but that process kind of sucks too just just ah it makes me so so i'm so like crushed i'm disappointed as fuck (laughs) <laughs> I, I, I wish I could say that I was like shocked. I wish I could say that this was more surprising that it was unenjoyable. But I was so sort of like muted on GTA Five. I can't say that I was like. I can't say that my hope. The only reason it's shocking for me is because Red Dead Redemption's online was so much fun, and this is this is a major step backwards. I don't think I ever tucked into it. Um, anyway, that's gonna do it for us here on the Besties. We hope you've. Uh, uh, had fun just like us uh, if you want to read more about any of these games you can head over to polygon.com and read about them follow us on twitter at polygon facebook slash polygon youtube slash polygon polygon.com.tumblr.com uh, and I'm sure just type in polygon somewhere and some, and you'll get to something we make probably you know what we're uh, chatting about next week though oh we're gonna catch them all we are gonna catch so many of them I can't we, I could have talked about it the review embargo's up but there's a there's some shit that is still under embargo till the game comes out. It's fucked up. Um, so we'll, we'll we'll dive so deep next week. This is my check first out Pokemon since Red, guys. Am Saturday morning, fun? Saturday morning plant. Make sure you check out my hot hot tips post. It's gonna be oh, full of essential tips for sweet. trainers like you, lapsed trainers um, who haven't even come close to catching them all. Um, this this post is for you. Can I catch them all? Like, would I have to go back and play all the games to catch them all? Uh, I, I'm not sure. I mean, there's a lot of familiar faces. I haven't spent the thousand hours required to even see them all. Got it. Um, so I don't know if they all live in Pokemon X and Y or not. Cool. There's... Then, then how dare you write a review, sir? How dare you? <laughs> uh, and, and that's going to do it for us here on The Besties. Make sure to join us again next Friday for The Besties. Because shouldn't the world's best friends pick the world's best things? Let's see.